In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Williams. And today on the show, we are talking with Rhiannon Green from Alberta on a Plate. So Canada, aka the neighbor to our north here in the U.S., is a wonderful country filled with awesome people, awesome farmers and ranchers and stuff like that. We've interviewed a couple of them. Um, You might remember our last episode a few weeks ago with the famous chicken farmer, Peter. Um, He's from Canada. And actually, by following him on Instagram, I learned about Alberta on a plate. And I reached out to him, heard from Rhiannon, and had this interview. So what started out as a food festival in Alberta has turned into this huge resource for Alberta farmers, ranchers, um, restaurateurs, consumers, basically for everybody in Alberta that wants to buy locally. And so we're going to learn about the whole mission of Alberta on a Plate, what are some things they're doing, how it's impacted the economy, some examples of farmers and chefs working together, and stuff like that. And I think this is just phenomenal. I mean, talking with Rhiannon, it's clear that she's like super passionate about this, that a lot of people in Alberta are really passionate about it, and that there's over 40,000 farms in the province And, you know, here in Florida, we've got something kind of like this. You know, we've got the whole Fresh from Florida brand, but it's really just kind of like, hey, this was made in Florida. Um, This was grown in Florida. Here's how you can support Florida ranchers and stuff like that. So it's cool to see that there's other places around the world that are doing it. So I had a blast talking with Rhiannon. I think you'll learn a lot about it, whether you're in Canada, here in Florida, or wherever you are. Um, I think this is really cool, and it would be phenomenal if more places can do this, where we can support locally, support our state, farmers, ranchers, restaurants, stuff like that, um, and all that good stuff. So yeah, um, this is episode 132 with Rhiannon from Alberta on a Plate. Hope you enjoy it, and thank you for listening. 
Um, well, Rhiannon Green from Alberta, Canada, which I always love talking um, to people from Canada. How are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you doing, Trevor? I'm good. So I reach out to you guys over on Instagram. You work with a cool company called Alberta on a Plate, which is really neat. You're all about like showcasing food and ag in Alberta and stuff like that. Uh, but before we dive into that, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your background. Yeah, sure. So um, I was born and raised actually in British Columbia, Canada. So over on the West Coast, um, those of you who are not familiar, north of Washington State. <laughs> and then I've been in Alberta now um, for almost 10 years. Um, and um, my background is in tourism management. Um, so I did some studying through university and stuff like that in the area of tourism. And at that point, I was specializing mostly in sports tourism um, mm. and events, which seems very out of the box for where I'm coming into things today. Uh, but actually, it was a natural progression for me because when I moved to Alberta, um, I started working with a company called the Alberta Culinary Tourism Alliance. And that organization was a not-for-profit that's been um, province-wide and focused on promoting food tourism. And they were looking for somebody to help them with events. And having had, you know, 10 plus years of event management in my background and stuff like that, it helped me to make that transition. And so I started to work more with chefs and with farmers and really started to get immersed into what that whole concept of local food really means um, and the potential that it could have. And then after about five years with Alberta Culinary, um, I transitioned with a partner of mine um, to create our own consulting firm called Food Tourism Strategies. And so we do um, a lot of consulting with destinations, with um, restaurants, with farms, local business owners who are interested in leveraging um, the tourism industry through food. So really taking their food to the next level to really own their taste of place and what local food means for specifically Alberta. Um, and then we're expanding, obviously, um, beyond those parameters as well. And then it was through food tourism strategies that we created Alberta on the Plate. That's so cool. I mean, that's such a good point. Like, I feel like, I mean, provinces, even down here in the States, um, every place you go, every town, every state has like their own culinary thing going on, or even like, of course, their own food and stuff like that. So what was that like? I mean, kind of culinary, like tourism, I guess, like what were some experiences and I guess some kind of like educational opportunities you guys were trying to offer for tourists? Yeah. So, you know, it was one thing that we noticed um, was that as we started to explore tourism and, and what areas were already excelling, um, what it really meant to be Alberta food, um, you know, it was really a, an interesting situation because we have this constant conversation, and this is Canada-wide, as what does it mean to be local food? What is Canadian food when we have such a, a diverse population and um, full of international immigrants and everyone bringing in their own cultural flavors? And I mean, we're seeing that more and more worldwide as People are traveling around more. People are relocating to other countries. And as our, our whole economy really is becoming global in nature, what does it actually mean to be Alberta food? And so we started to take a look around and go, okay, what do we do here? What, what do we do really well? What are we known for? And one thing that Alberta um, has become known worldwide for is, is our beef. And so that was kind of that first story that pops into a lot of our, our minds up here is, okay, beef. We're all about the beef. And so we get caught in this, this challenge of, okay, well, then if it's beef, that means cattle ranches, that means cowboys. 
okay, Alberta is all about cowboys. And we're going, no, 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 hold on. (laughs) (laughs) We love our Alberta beef ranchers, absolutely. And they are exceptional. But we're so much more than just beef. We have so many more other types of farms that are creating and growing and raising just these incredible products that are, are not only grown for our local populations, but are being exported around the world. You know, we're one of the large, largest producers of canola. We're a large producer of wheat, um, sugar beets. The only place in Canada that actually grows those is Tabor, Alberta, which is a tiny, tiny area um, just south of me. And, <laughs> and so, you know, it's really funny as we start to really dive into what, what our local food means and what Alberta means um, in terms of our, our, what we like to call our foodscape. You know, we're we're so diverse, and and we get all those cultural um, influences in our cuisines. So we're starting to see our restaurants populating these incredible menus that have influences from around the world, but are using our local products to create them. So our as we started to take a look at what we wanted to do um, with that, we're like we have to be talking about our farms. We have to be talking about our restaurants. We have to be talking about our processors, our producers. You know, we've seen a huge boom in our craft beer industry here in Alberta. So mm-hmm. really, it's about creating these these unique experiences where people can come in and learn about all of our agricultural history and, and what we produce here, and then using the tasting element to really amplify those messages. That's so fun. I think that's a good point um, that you guys are using like locally grown stuff in Alberta, but it's like international dishes. And I think that's so fun. I mean, it seems like every time I see like a show or cooking show from Canada, it seems like the culinary things are just so diverse in terms of like, I mean, what different chefs are preparing and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like you guys' food up there is like extremely internationally diverse. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And and that comes from our immigration population. You know, we've got a, a large surge in uh, our Chinese communities here in Alberta. They took what was around them. And so we have a lot of ginger that grows here and they actually created ginger beef. Um, so it's it's little things like that that really influence um, um, the, the cooking and the different cuisines that you'll find all across the province. You know, we have a large Ukrainian population here. We have a large Dutch population and um, Filipino. So we're starting to see really great specialized cuisines that are coming in and they're creating restaurants and they're having markets and stuff like that in which our, our local populations, our born and bred Albertans, are, are exploring and creating with that. You know, some of the best uh, Japanese food you can find um, here in Calgary, where I'm based, um, comes from a chef who was actually born and raised in a tiny town called Innisfail, um, about two hours north of me. And he's traveled the world and and really honed it in. And, you know, he's done stages in, in Japan with some incredible chefs, and he brings it home for us to enjoy here. And it's, it's really, you know, helped to expand the horizons. It sounds like it. That's so fun. I mean, would you say, is there anything that kind of inspired this or is this just something that's kind of always been going on? Like, what do you think kind of maybe led to this? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a natural progression because we started to see um, a lot more uh, of our, our immigrants coming in and, and setting up shops in, in these areas. And because we have such a large farming community in Alberta, um, it's it's really helped. It, that's That's 
an area that a lot of our immigrants have come in and started family farms or started working on farms and then have their own places now. So through that farming community is how we actually started to see these other other areas grow. Um, but it was really a natural progression um, over the years, starting, you know, 150 plus years ago and but even well beyond that um, with our indigenous populations here on the land um, and and starting with what grows here naturally um, and we're starting to actually see a lot more of that coming back into our cooking we're starting to see more of the wild ingredients being incorporated mm. into restaurants and into new dishes and um, getting back to the storytelling that goes along with um, with those native ingredients here that's so cool. Um, so yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. I feel like, you know, maybe a decade or two ago, there was like a whole foodie revolution where people were like, you know, they were taking pictures with uh, for Instagram, like, oh, look at this cool food I'm eating. And people were eating stuff they'd never seen before. But I feel like we're, I don't know, in the midst of a second foodie revolution where people are still eating like interesting dishes, but they're also getting more and more interested about like where that food's coming from. And they want to know kind of the whole story like they want to know oh it was locally raised like here in Alberta or here in Florida where I'm at so do you think we're kind of in that midst of the second foodie revolution kind of oh absolutely and and a lot of that I think comes from our technological evolutions where we're able mm. to trace things a lot easier um where they used to be commonplace where your food was like local because there was no you know international shipping of of ingredients so it we went kind of through this phase where it started out, everything was super local. And then we started to go, oh my goodness, now with being able to ship things from across the world, we're starting to, people wanted to explore, they wanted to try everything that was from somewhere else. And now we're kind of shifting back to that, okay, now we've seen everything else and we still enjoy to try different things that we've never had before. But now we're starting to take a look around and go, oh my goodness, there's amazing stuff being created right around me. And and really focusing in on where, where that that mindful spend of your dollars goes. Mm. So we know that when we go and we buy direct from a local farmer or go down to the farmer's market and purchase from the vendors there, or even some of the, the local restaurants that buy direct from the farmers, we can trace that dollar back into our own communities. We know that dollar is staying in our local areas. We know we're solidifying our local economy. Um, and if the past 22 months have taught us anything, <laughs> it's that we definitely need to make sure we're taking care of our neighbors so that we're not losing um, all these incredible places that have been around for generations and popped up. I mean, in Alberta, we saw so many restaurants shut down um, due to the pandemic, and it was devastating. Um, so, you know, really trying to make sure that we're supporting those guys that are, are literally putting the food on our plate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, 20, the past 22 months have been crazy. And I mean, even here in Florida, we've had so many um, like direct to consumer businesses pop up, like it's either farmers just completely pivoting their business, or they're still delivering straight to restaurants or 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 um supermarkets, but they're also doing straight to consumers. And so, yeah, it's kind of like a taking care of people in your community, like scratching their back, they're scratching yours, you're taking care of them. I mean, it's weird. I, I if there's any like good that's come out of the whole pandemic, I guess that's been that, which is really weird because it's been really hard for a lot of people, but. There's also been some 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 bright spots, which has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, as we we are so fortunate to to have been able to create Albert on the Plate um, to help support our our local food industry 
in and then to be hit essentially the next year with the <laughs> pandemic and everything shutting down we were so concerned that that what does that mean for our festival and what we actually found was that our our restaurant partners and our local farms were saying we need something good to talk about we need something positive mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and we've actually managed to see substantial growth year over year of our program um and part of it was actually in thanks to the pandemic because it did really help people to take that time and, and focus their energies and go okay where am i buying from and what does that mean and so um our our local farms started to see more direct orders coming in through them um we started to see a lot more uh, local food groups that were putting together like home delivery services and things like mm-hmm. that that all was sourced from those local farms and producers um so we really started to see a lot of growth in people going okay you know what i'm not going to go out to our local grocery store and you know, stand around a hundred other people, I'm going to get it dropped off right at my door. It's direct from the farm. You know, it's not, it's never seen, you know, the inside of a freezer or, or a shipping truck or anything like that. So um, it's been really wonderful to actually see that. And, and we're hoping that as things, you know, continue to open up, um, that, that we still see people being that mindful of, of their purchasing behaviors. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like not only like farmers, chefs, and even consumers, like they started doing stuff because like of a means of survival, like consumers didn't want to get sick. They wanted to buy healthy stuff. And then business owners didn't want their business to go under um, when they've got a dramatic decrease in customers, who's going there and stuff like that. So, I mean, it looks like both adapted and both adapted pretty well, which is, I mean, pretty good. Like you were saying, like a bright spot of the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, even our restaurants, um, there was a lot of concern around uh, supply issues and things like that as things started to to close down but really what we saw was a lot of our restaurants going okay we know you know a lot of them pivoted to the uh, takeout orders and things like that which yes has its own challenges and I'm not sure about (laughs) down in Florida but here in Alberta we have had our our restrictions and our our measures changed so frequently that it was really hard for a lot of our restaurants to keep up um, with new protocols coming in, uh, you know, people having to go and, and spend so much money to add in, you know, extra barriers and extra sanitations. And, you know, and we were really concerned with uh, a level of fear, unfortunately, around patrons and and being exposed to an environment like that. And, you know, having those conversations going, you know what, it's probably the safest it's ever been to be in a lot of these establishments because they have so many extra protocols in place. So trying to encourage people to to get out while being mindful of, hey, you know what, if you're not ready, that's okay too. There's di- there's takeout options, you know, there's delivery and things like that that can help still get people buying from those local guys. But so then our farms um, have shifted and where they started, where they might have seen some losses from the restaurant revenue, like purchasing, they actually mm-hmm. saw the, the pickup on the consumer end. So for our farms, it's actually been quite steady. Um, and in some cases, they've seen a lot of substantial growth as well. Oh, that's good. They were able to kind of capitalize on, I guess, like a whole, like a, a totally different new market trend. I mean, that's good. They were able to capitalize on that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, talking with uh, some a, a local butcher shop in particular, and they're saying, yeah, you know what? We have done, you know, 10 times the business 
over the last 22 months that we did before that because of, you know, consumers looking for that, those local products that they would normally, you know, go out and have a nice steak dinner or something like that in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. They're now coming direct to us buying our stuff and, and, you know, they've, they're able to service a, a much larger community as opposed to a certain percentage of their product going direct into the restaurant. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and now that things have opened up and we're starting to see um, people out and, and willing to dine out a lot more, we're starting to see those restaurant numbers pick up again too, which is exciting for all of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's also been great. Yeah. It's good that we're slowly getting back to normal. I mean, slowly, but surely knock on wood. <laughs> So your main thing, Alberta on a plate, which I found out about um, from our mutual friend, Peter, who's the chicken farmer in Alberta, learned a lot from him. But yeah, he was he would always tag you guys. So I started looking at it and I was like, holy cow, this is so fun. And um, so you mentioned you guys started in 2019 as a first off, you started as a festival. Is that right? Yeah. So what was that whole thing like? Yeah. So um, to take it back a little bit, a, a quick step like a little bit further. Um, Back in 2012, uh, the provincial government here um, started what's known as Alberta Open Farm Days. Um, So basically, it was one weekend in the summer where local farms would open up to the public. People could come out to the farm, learn about the animals, learn about their practices, what they're growing there, what they're raising. You know, some places had little events and celebrations. Some places did dinners and things like that. But it really got a the urban market out into the rural areas. Mm, Um, And so when that initiative started, it really was a catalyst for some of the shifts and focus around local food and what that means here in Alberta. And we've seen that growth year over year because we know that as a society, we are becoming more and more removed from those, those rural stories and those rural areas as more urban centers grow and take over more spaces, technology, things like that. So while there are certain pockets, absolutely, that um, you see a lot more of those those rural areas still thriving, we found, especially here in Alberta, that, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, our major cities were really growing and expanding. And there was a lot of people who had never set foot on a farm, generations being raised where they have no idea where their food comes from. They think that it, they go to the grocery store and they buy it. They don't actually know where it that that is a, a cow that produces the beef, you yeah. know, and, and things like that. And we take that for granted sometimes um, working in food and agriculture and things like that. We just assume that everyone just knows that, yes, this cow here turns into these cuts of beef and, and whatnot. Same with, you know, the fact that bacon comes from a pig, <laughs> you know, um, and as the generation started to, to progress, we started to notice these trends among especially young children where they're not learning about that stuff because they they don't have parents or grandparents even that were raised on a farm. And so really what Open Farm Days did was allowed those younger generations to come out and experience it or the older generations to relive it, um, but really get a a better understanding of, of where food actually comes from. You know, and, and I will say even myself, I have ne- I had never seen how asparagus actually grew in the ground until um, one of our local farms has is that they are primarily asparagus growers and they have a celebration every year. And I actually saw it growing and I was like, Oh my goodness, like I'd never I've never <laughs> seen that happen. Like I I had never thought about how it actually grows. Um so then after twenty twelve, then in twenty eighteen, 
so it still took a little bit of time. But in 2018, um, our provincial government actually uh, passed um, what's known as the Supporting Alberta's Local Food Sector Act. And with that came the creation of Local Food Week. And it was wonderful because, you know, it's showing that we've got some provincial support for our local food scene and stuff like that, um, which was wonderful. But unfortunately, what, what came with that is we didn't see any kind of really type any, any funding or support to actually activate what that means. So it's mm-hmm. great. We had this legislation that passed saying, yeah, we're going to celebrate Alberta Local Food Week in August every year in the third week. It's going to be great. But then nothing happened. <laughs> and so um, my my partner and I, um, she also worked with me at the Alberta Culinary Tourism Alliance. You know, we had worked closely with Alberta Open Farm Days in the past and things like that. And we started to see, go, okay, we've got the farm story up here. We've got the government now saying, yeah, we want to celebrate local food. The connection piece is the people that can't quite get to the farm. So it's great that we've got this one weekend every year where they people can come out and experience it but what about the rest of the year and Mm. where are people experiencing local food that we're not talking about every day you know we can talk about our farmers markets and people generally know what that means you know yeah the farms come to the market you can go to the market and buy their stuff that's great you know we can talk about people going out to the farm to buy the their products as well but we weren't really talking about our restaurants and if as you know we talked about briefly earlier we're really seeing you know food um, like our chefs and our restaurants becoming icons in um, mm-hmm. national and international television. Yeah, and as much as we like to uh, <laughs> joke about that celebrity chef status, you know, we're not all Gordon <laughs> Ramsay out there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have such wonderful chefs and they are so passionate about our local food and about quality ingredients that they really become um, local food champions. They become celebrities in and amongst themselves you know we we talk about some local restaurants and things like that and and people just can't help but associate them with their amazing food that they're creating but also how much they support their local industry so we're really starting to see our restaurants taking that active role and going in leading the industry and saying we're going to talk about our farms we're going to talk about our producers we're going to talk about where everything comes from and because we want to make sure that our our patrons are becoming educated and not just going somewhere because it's good, they're going somewhere because they feel good about that that spend and that choice. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's like such a revolutionary thing that a lot of really good restaurants are becoming more of an experience than just like, I guess you could say, just fine dining. Like the chefs there want you to come and experience the food, but also like learn about it, like learn grass-fed beef versus um, grain-fed beef. And then like there are a lot of restaurants that are starting to have both of those and then you can taste the difference. Or um, we've got some local re- um, restaurants here in Florida and they're like, oh, here's some hydroponic grown lettuce in it from a greenhouse up the road or something like that. So it's so cool that, I mean, fine dining and even just like, you know, casual mom and pop places, they're trying to be more of an experience, more of, I guess you could say like the hub of where the farmer and the consumer kind of interact. And I guess they're kind of acting as like that middleman, which is kind of perfect. Absolutely. And so that's what led us to the creation of Alberta on the plate. So what we did is we took that look and we said, okay, we need to do something with our restaurants to celebrate local food week, to really bring that connection home and get more of our consumer population out there talking about local food. 
Um, so it, we we approached some of the restaurants and chefs that we had worked with in the past and said, hey, here's here's our thoughts. We want to do a dine around festival because we want people to be going out to these restaurants and we want them to be talking about that local food story. Is this something you might be interested in? And we said, yeah, absolutely, we're in. So our first year, we kept it very small, very grassroots, but we had 35 restaurants in nine different cities across Alberta that participated in the first year. So we did, uh, it was a 10-day dine-around. So for 10 days, restaurants across Alberta, those 35 different restaurants, had a, a fixed-price menu um, so people could come out, experience um, local food because it was all about celebrating Alberta, and and they they get recommended beer pairings or craft um, spirit mm-hmm. pairings that could go along with it, um, and really it was about celebrating those restaurants that really own that farm to table story, the guys that are leading the industry, the guys that are are making it known that yeah we are we are all about Alberta food, we are all about our local farmers, um, and and we just decided you know what we're gonna give it a go completely grassroots um, with the help of a couple of um, our local commodity groups. So we we approached some of our, our commodities like the Alberta Beef Producers, um, the Alberta Wheat Commission and things like that, that um, to really come together to celebrate local food. Because um, we knew that, again, the the ability to get funding for new initiatives and stuff was quite tricky at that point. So our commodity group said, yeah, we want people to be in those restaurants talking about this food. We want our restaurants talking about our local farms. We want our consumers learning about them from our restaurants and our chefs. This is perfect. So we created Alberta on the plate. You know, we saw some pretty good numbers for that for our first year festival. Um, and and we said, hey, you know what? Like we we have something special here because we are hearing stories of people that were leaving the restaurants going, oh my gosh, I just had you know, the best meal of my life. I learned about these new farms that I've never heard about before that have, you know, been around for 50 years, Um, but they were really excited. And so we started to see a lot of people getting really excited about these types of menus. We said, what, where can we go from here? So, you know, as, as we then were getting ready into our 2020 um, planning phase, COVID. Mm. (laughs) And we went, Oh no. <laughs> what <laughs> like what what do we do here, right? Like we had this great new festival. We started to get interest from other partners to come on board and help support the campaign and we said we don't know what to do. So you know, we sat down and and had some conversations again with our restaurants and said, "What do we do? Do we do we hit pause because a lot of at that point events were like, nope, not happening." Mm-hmm. You know, for a long period of time their dining was completely closed in Alberta. Um, so you weren't allowed to dine in anywhere. And so we, we went, okay, do we go? Do we not go? Do we go? Do we not go? And our restaurant said, if, if dine-in is open, we're in. <laughs> and we had others that said, I won't be open yet, but I do have a takeout option so I can still participate. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay. We implemented a takeout option on the menu. And we went, okay, we can still make this work. We had some great new partners that came on board and we actually saw growth in the number of participating restaurants because we had areas that now for the first time in a very long time had no tourism. Mm-hmm. People weren't traveling. So we have areas like our, our Rocky Mountain um, stretches, so places like Banff and Jasper that are international destinations that were for the first time ever seeing zero tourism. 
and they went, we need some help. We need to have, to encourage our local population to get out and experience, you know, our restaurants and try and, and help with some of the, the financial challenges that come with being a strictly tourism population mm-hmm. or destination. And, you know, through that, we started to see new pockets popping up. So from that first year of about 35, we went up to about 55 restaurants. And we said, okay, you know what? We can do more. Because as we started to explore this, we started to get a lot of our restaurants saying, hey, you know what? I'm actually looking for a specific ingredient. Or I'm looking for some new producers to work with. Or I'm looking for a new beer to feature in the menu and things like that. And we started to become a resource for our local restaurants and chefs that were looking for specific ingredients. And we said, okay, what? Well, if we're we're getting these questions constantly, well, maybe we need to have a database they can access. Mm, okay. And all across Alberta, we were starting to like we have a, a lot of different databases. So there's a database that you can access online that has all the farmers markets in Alberta. We, there's another one that's all the farm fresh producers or the processors association and things like that that are all these paid um, databases that people could access. But in order to be listed on that, you had to be a member of specific organizations. And we said, well, you know what? For us, it's really about making sure people are connected. So we need to create just an open source database. So we said, okay, if we're going to do that, then we need to get, work closer with our commodity groups. We need to work, work closer with a lot of our farms. So we started just putting it out there saying, hey, if you're interested in working with restaurants and chefs, you can join our database. It's completely free. You just list your information in there and we'll share that with all of our, our restaurant partners um, throughout the year. So it's not just like, oh, just for the 10 days of, of August. And what we started to see was it started to get a little bit more momentum and we're going, okay, so as we start to look at this, this needs to be bigger. We need to be connecting our restaurants to our farms and producers more than just around those 10 days of our festival. So then we, we really started to take a look at what we wanted to do with Alberta on the plate. Because, yes, we could be a 10-day diner and festival, call it quits. We see a lot of those pop up, you know, local uh, downtown dining week or things like that. They're popping up all over the world. And, and what we took a look at is, like, we want to be more. We want to do more because we know that our restaurants are amazing. Our farms are amazing. How do we help them work together better? So we said the only way we can make that happen is if we move to a year-round platform. Mm, we okay. have to provide opportunities throughout the rest of the year. And we need to be talking about it more than just during local food week. So from that, then for 20, as 2020 kind of came to an end, we shifted to, yet again, a new direction, but a year-round platform. So Every month we are talking about different farms, different producers, different processors, different restaurants. We are hosting networking sessions where our chefs can log in and meet new farms, new producers. We have that database that they can access to find new ingredients or new producers that are near them or further from them. You know, and and really we wanted to own that space of what does it mean to be Alberta food and how are we telling that story to our consumers? So that they feel confident in knowing where their food comes from, but also where their dollars go to help create that, that more sustainable local food economy. And that's 
that's where we're at now. So, you know, we sat down, we did a lot of forward planning for up to 2025, which of course we're still dealing with challenges around COVID through that. <laughs> but really it's about how do we, how do we celebrate and share that Alberta food story with meaningful experiences and conversations and creating that sense of collaboration and community um, all across our province. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, I feel like consumers want to know, like, especially people in Alberta, I'm sure they want to know about the local farms. I'm sure the chefs want to help out the local farmers and the local farmers want to help out the local chefs. But I mean, it seems like what you guys are doing in your database is like fixing all that for them and giving them a great resource where they can then do that. I mean, that's phenomenal. Like, are there other provinces in Canada that are starting to do stuff like this? Um, there's little bits and pieces of, of places that do that. Um, right now, Alberta, as far as we know, is the only one that's taking it kind of to the extreme that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with that, like, you know, it's really all about making sure that it's easy to do. Because one thing that, you know, we hear time and time again, whether it's from a chef or from a farmer or from a producer processor, is I'd love to, but. I don't have time. I, I, yeah. I can't just sit down. And I can't go out and visit all these farms. I can't do all that stuff. So we said, you know what? We're going to bring it to you. So we hosted a networking session, and, and our goal is actually to host these in person. But unfortunately, the last couple of years have prevented that. Um, so we held you know, virtual networking sessions with different farms, and we actually created a tasting box to go along with it. So each of the farms that was part of the session all contributed items into these boxes that then went out to the chefs that participated so they could actually taste the products from these places. So not only are they hearing these stories and trying to build that connection with them, but they're actually getting to sample and taste and better understand. Because we know if there's one way to get, you know, you have to put something in the chef's hand and then put it in there. They need to get it into their mouth and to taste it to see that potential. And, you know, um, We've got over 40,000 farms in Alberta and, and, you know, it'd be great to showcase all of them, but, <laughs> you know, so, so we start in, in small batches and stuff and, and in different little pockets and regions in, in the province. And we're really starting to see, you know, more of our, our larger scale areas like um, restaurants and, and facilities and stuff like that really taking ownership of the local food story and incorporating those small producers into their menus. You know, we've got, um, a, a honey farm up in northern Alberta that is at the Fairmont Bath Springs Resort. Their their honey is being showcased at the resort, and that is one of the largest you know properties and most sought after destinations in all of Alberta. So you know it's great to see connections like that being built, and and those relationships continuing to grow beyond just that ten days of the festival. You know we're seeing it year round coming onto their plates. And, you know, as we move forward, we're looking at um, new programming around, like, um, for restaurants that are wanting to start sourcing local. So Mm. to help them through that process. So how can we get more restaurants using local products? How can we, you know, help them make those connections and feel confident as they move forward? Things like certification programs that um, highlight those guys that are the, the leaders for the industry that are doing it well and you know the case studies around them and, and how those learnings can then be translated into new new demographics after that you know there's there's really kind of no end in sight for the potential of this and and we're really really excited because we've got such great restaurants and great farms and great producers all across 
the province and we just we just want to celebrate them <laughs> absolutely yeah and that is so exciting i mean especially that idea of of the the tasting box to chefs i mean chefs can literally then see like what they're going to be working with by partnering with these local farmers i mean they can taste the honey they can taste the beef they can taste whatever i mean that's such a good idea because then i mean you're building relationships with those chefs and you're also giving them a great sample of what you're offering to them. I mean, that's so exciting. And that's awesome. I mean, that the sky is really the limit. I mean, you're connecting the farmer, the consumer and the chef, but looking to do much more. And that's so cool. Exactly. And, you know, and as we, we keep moving forward and stuff and, you know, talk really quickly about Instagram and things like that, you know, <laughs> that's really where we're starting to see those stories being told because, and I'm sure you found this in your experience. Sometimes our farmers, um, struggle a bit with how to tell their story in a way that resonates with um, the younger generations or with mm. the more tech savvy crowds. They don't know how to translate their story into a video or onto platforms like Instagram and stuff where they can reach a wider mass. But that's where we're starting to see those beautiful jewels um, popping up like um, our mutual friend Peter there, you know, really helping to share that story and, and educate the population in a fun and engaging way that makes people want to learn more. I have never met somebody who hasn't seen a post of Peter's that hasn't started following him because they're so entertaining and you don't necessarily realize just how much you're learning from that. And But we're seeing the same with our, our restaurants and our chefs. You know, our, um, there's a wonderful restaurant in um, Lacombe, and they actually have a second location now in Red Deer, so a little bit north of me again. Um, and they source almost exclusively from Alberta. Their goal is to source exclusively from Alberta. There's always a few things, like we don't grow lemons here, okay? Like we don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's always going to be some ingredients that we can't source here, but it's finding those other unique um, opportunities to engage with those local farms. So not only do for their food side, but um, their beverage side as well. So their craft beer is almost exclusively from Alberta. Their um, spirit, again, almost exclusively from Alberta. And, you know, every opportunity they have to meet new farms and new producers, they're always looking for new ways to work with them. And and places like that, you know, we, we joke, but there's... Um, a, our Alberta Small Brewers Association, so our provincial association for craft brewers, they host an annual award show for the last, I think it's three or four years. And every, every year they have a an award that's voted on by um, the breweries for restaurant support, industry support. So who are the guys that are out there championing it? Every single year that they've offered, they've had this award, the same restaurant has won. And it's truly a testament to just how much of a supporter they are and an advocate for our local industry. Oh, and wow. so then as you're out there, you know, you're seeing that potential and you're going, okay, these guys, it's not just, you know, throw some local craft on here to make somebody happy. They're actually out there wanting to engage and, and prioritize that because it's not just something they do to, to satisfy a, a type of customer. It's built into the foundation of their restaurant or of their, their business. And, and when we see that, that's when we start to see that real growth and, and more um, the stronger local food economy. Yeah, I feel like when I mean, if if you're starting like, like a restaurant, if it's if it's kind of like woven into your DNA, I guess, like the experience you're trying to give to your customers, I mean, I feel like it's going to be more genuine and you can build more 
um, authentic relationships instead of just doing it to say you did like, oh yeah, our beef is from Alberta. If I mean, if you're not going to be proud of it and if it's not going to be part of the story of the food that's on your plate, it's not going to be as strong. But when it's kind of interwoven with that story, like it's going to be phenomenal. And probably more importantly, it's going to be much more memorable by everybody involved, which is awesome. Absolutely. And then you've got, you know, the servers who you can ask them a question about one of the ingredients on your plate that aren't just saying, oh, let me go check. They're saying, oh my gosh. Okay. So that actually comes from this farm down the road. They're amazing. You need to go out and try them. Here's the other types of stuff that they have. Because we're actually seeing these restaurants, you know, taking their staff out to go and visit the farm and, mm -hmm. and experience it so that they're not just, you know, even learning it from a quick handout that they get in their training, but they're actually learning actively and experiencing it on that personal level. Because when you build that personal relationship, you, you kind of take that ownership when you're talking about it to other people and you can see it translated of the places where it's a priority versus the ones where it's not. And, and you know, really hearing and, and seeing, you know, the smiles that come out as they start talking about some of those products and ingredients and the stories that come out and say, oh my gosh, and I met them at so-and-so and then I went out, I took my family and we went out for the day and, you know, we experienced all of these things. It's really bringing that that farm story to life, but in those restaurant settings. Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, I wish Florida kind of has something like this. I mean, we've got the whole flesh, flesh, the fresh from Florida brand, and that's kind of it. But um, I mean, I think this is so cool. I mean, just connecting farmers with restauranters or chefs and stuff like that. I mean, I think stuff like this is going to be the future, especially now in the whole COVID slash post COVID thing. I mean, it's a win-win, like you, like you were saying earlier, like you keep that money in your local economy, you're supporting local farmers, you're supporting local chefs. I mean, like I, I literally can't think of like a, a negative part of this whole idea. I mean, it's just such, it's full of so much potential and it's like literally like a win-win-win. Yeah, you know, and it's, we, we have a lot of interesting conversations because again, like as we're, we're trying to educate people about local food and things like that, sometimes we do have some of those more controversial topics um, that come up that some of our partners want to talk about. You know, we, mm. we have those conversations around GMOs. We have those conversations around, you know, a feedlot versus a farm-raised uh, farm cattle and things like that and, and what that actually means. And a lot of people try to, they become really difficult conversations to have because there's a lot of information out there and mm -hmm. what is, what is right, what is wrong. And, you know, we try to be a more neutral voice and share the information that our partners are sharing. So we're not, you know, Googling whatever to come up with <laughs> some of those topics. So we actually, we get the information direct from our commodity partners who have their, their science, their scientists and their research teams that deal with this stuff on a daily basis to try and address some of those topics um, from that purely factual perspective, um, and avoid and try to avoid our at best at least our um, some of those. Oh, how do we how do we talk about those nicely? <laughs> <laughs> some, of, some of those conversations that get blown out of proportion very quickly. Um, just trying to be respectful because there are so many other contributing factors and other facets of our industry that. Um, sometimes get shown in a negative light, and we're trying to showcase that it's it's not all it's not bad, it's just different. Um, and and there's different perspectives and things like that. You know, as we talk about um, some of the ingredients like canola oil and things like that, and um, GMO is always a very hot topic among that side of things and stuff. And 
it it does create some challenges sometimes for sure but those are some of those topics that we feel it's very important to still talk about um because unless there be unless the population's being educated it's the loudest voice is what's going to win and sometimes that voice is not the right one to be out there yeah no that's accurate i mean i feel like like i'm not a farmer i'm a consumer but i know i would say i know a little bit more than the average consumer about food and stuff i mean I feel like farmers would much rather have debates with informed consumers that disagree with them than just consumers that are just spitballing or, or that have the bad information. I mean, there's so much bad information out there, but I mean, I feel like consumers, they can find a farmer that is producing a certain way. And of course you can have those conversations. You can find a farmer that let's say I only want to buy grass fed beef. I can find a grass fed beef rancher and just support them. And then have conversations with, with them, have um, a conversation with somebody that does grain finish. I mean, it's important. And sometimes, like you said, like really uncomfortable to have those conversations. But if we're all coming from it, from a perspective where like we've done our, our a decent amount of research on like factual topics, like really good resources and stuff like that. I mean, it's great conversation. And here's the thing, which I don't know if a lot of people in 2021 can do this, but we can both learn and we can both grow from that, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and so we're working we're working quite a bit closer with um, a lot of our partners to to help share some of those stories and find different ways to to help continue those conversations in settings that are more comfortable for people where they don't feel like necessarily like they're sitting down in the classroom and learning this versus mm. this, but giving them those opportunities where they can learn about both, all the different facets of it and make those decisions then um, from that more informed. Um, like viewpoint and um you know whether it's working with our you know our beef producers and creating an experience where people go out and actually see what it's like you know what the cattle are being raised like in a feedlot versus um you know on a on a small farm and things like that or working with um, some of our destinations on um how to tell their food story and what's happening and, you know, creating culinary trails with them and things like that. So people are actually getting out and experiencing more than just what's in the city as well. Um, mm. But again, it's, it's really working closer with them to help share those stories um, that then all circles back and, and continues to be celebrated throughout the year. But then of course we highlight it during our 10 day dine around as well. Yeah, that's so cool. And so while I'm thinking about it, I mean, I, th I think you've done like a phenomenal job with, I mean, Alberta on a plate. I mean, this seems like such a good resource for everybody involved. I mean, is there anything in particular that, I mean, you have really learned along the way that's, I don't know, maybe change your perspective on food and going to restaurants and stuff like that? Like, have you had any aha moments during this whole journey? Oh my gosh. <laughs> as someone who grew up to as an extremely picky eater, <laughs> I've had a lot of aha moments in terms of taste for sure. But um, really this, this whole journey I've had through local food for the last you know decade or so has really just opened my eyes to, to everything that's out there. And, you know, the biggest thing that, that we hear, you know, time and time again from a lot of people is it's too expensive. I can't do it. Mm. And, and, what I always challenge them as I come back to them is, is like, well, why does it have to be all or nothing? You know, we talk about buying local. It You don't have to buy absolutely everything you get from a local farm. Even what, you know, this week I'm going to buy my carrots from the farmer's market. That's great. That's awesome. 
Maybe next week you buy a loaf of bread too or something else. But it doesn't have to be absolutely everything. It doesn't have to be a massive spend because as somebody, you know, who has worked jobs before where I can't afford to, there's, you know, I wouldn't have been able to afford to buy at the farmer's market and things like Mm -hmm. that. I wish somebody had told me then you can, you can buy one thing. You don't have to buy everything because even that little bit really helps to support and create that stronger local food economy. Every little bit helps. But, you know, talking to these farmers and hearing, you know, their stories of, you know, whether they are first time farmers, like first generation farmers who have never done this before, who are learning on the job, you know, and just threw themselves into it because they thought it sounded like fun. And, you know, to the farms that have been passed down over, you know, five, six generations. And it's really incredible the commitment and dedication that we see with that because, you know, we, we talk about how tight margins are in restaurants and things like that but they're tight in farming too like yes there are ways to be super profitable but for the most part there it's a very humble profession and mm-hmm. you know i would i feel better when i go to bed at night knowing that you know those dollars that i spent went to a little girl's dance lesson or you know went to that new piece of farming equipment that they've been saving for for you know three years four years or to be able to, you know, take a day off, because <laughs> many of our farmers don't do that, or our chefs either, um, for that matter. But it's really, you know, I I have not stopped learning since I, I first started working in local food, and I don't want to. There is just so much out there that there's no way we'll ever know everything about our local food industry. And the exploration is a big part of the fun you know, and and getting to see what's different in one part of the province versus another. We have so many different ecosystems happening all across where, you know, we've got partial prairie areas, we've got, you know, our mountain regions and things like that. And seeing what grows and what is native to that specific environment is so fascinating. And then every time I travel now, doesn't matter where I go, I go, I local food tours i explore like okay where are the restaurants that are using those local the local food what is unique what do i need to have there you know i i recently was on a a trip to mexico so we did a local food tour and you know learned about some of these historical you know ingredients or dishes that i never would have seen you know a decade ago because i wouldn't have even known to look so to just continue that learning process year after year and wherever you go, it's really incredible. That's awesome. And man, I think that point that you brought up is phenomenal. I mean, if you when you buy locally, you you can help with their kids' dance lessons or like buying a piece of machinery. Like it's not going to go back to some multi-billion dollar corporation. I mean, you're literally going to go back and help somebody's small business. I mean, that's phenomenal. And I mean, plus going off of what you said too, like it's not all or nothing. Like you can buy one or two things at a farmer's market and that's okay. Like that's, you're doing more than enough. Like that's phenomenal. And I mean, yeah, a lot of people think it's like one thing or the, or the other. You've got to buy all your stuff at a supermarket or buy all your stuff at a farmer's market. And you don't have to, like, that's totally okay. Like you can buy your Ritz crackers at a supermarket and then go buy some home style um, beef that's raised locally. And then you're good. Like, I mean, you can have the best of both worlds. That's great. Absolutely. You know, and, and we, 
constantly are trying to encourage people to get out and experience some of these different things, you know, whether it's at the restaurant or at the farm or, you know, a local brewery or distillery and stuff like that. And, and we're really seeing these really neat pockets of, of, you know, almost, you know, really passionate supporters and, and people, you know, taking that, that term foodie to heart, whereas mm. for a while it was like, oh, you're a foodie. That means you post pictures of the food you eat on Instagram. <laughs> and it's like, no, no. Okay. When we're just talking about foodie, we're just, we just love local food and we want to celebrate and support it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see more and more, you know, Instagram or, you know, TikTok influencers that are talking about those food experiences that they're having, that are getting out to the farm and saying, get out here and see this for yourself. You know, and as we talk about, you know, new trends and stuff that come up and it's always great, but really our local food stories, that's not a trend. That's just fact. And that's just how it's going to be. So let's, let's celebrate it. Let's own it and really create that authentic taste of place wherever you are. I like it. I like it, man. This has been so much fun. I think, I mean, Alberta on plate so cool. I'm going to try to look around and find some more stuff going on like this. But I think what you guys are doing, I mean, is phenomenal. And so, um, Rihanna, this has been awesome. If people want to learn more about Alberta on a plate, where can they go? I mean, you guys have got an awesome website. You've got an awesome Instagram. But where can they go to kind of learn more about what you guys are doing? Absolutely. We we encourage everyone to go to our website. Um, that is our home base for absolutely everything. So we've got all of our local restaurants that have participated in our program um, since the very beginning. We still talk about them, even if they weren't able to participate in another year. We'll still mm. talk about them. We have um, stories about our local farms, about our different destinations. You can explore some of the regions of Alberta and learn about their local food stories specific to their community or their um, wider region and things like that. So that's always a great source. We've got information about, you know, our commodity groups. You can learn all about Alberta beef. You can learn all about uh, Alberta milk and things like that all on that site. Our our Instagram feed is still um, our, you know, one of our prides and joys <laughs> because that's our, our, a lot of fun. We will be coming onto TikTok soon in the new year. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yep. Yeah challenging as always but, um, <laughs> always fun to find new ways to to reach other groups and things like that um we can find us on facebook and stuff as well so our social handles are ab on the plate um and then yeah you can always learn about different um local food initiatives and stuff like that that are happening in alberta um alberta open farm days is a great website and resource as well for a lot of that information too that's awesome. Well, Rhiannon, this has been so much fun. I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do. Um, and one day, my wife and I love to travel, but we haven't been to Canada. And when we do, we're going to have to go up to Alberta. To Alberta and I'm going to get a whole list of restaurants and places to go. So that'll be fun. I'm very excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Please come explore. If you need any recommendations, we have lots. Deal. Lots to see and do and experience while you're up here. Let us know when you're coming. We'll show you around. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much. Wonderful. Thank you, Trevor. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.